This is Brunch with the Hollowells, and to start us off is a quote from Sean. Bunch of wanna blessed bees. Nowadays, every girl with a henna tattoo and a spice rack thinks she's a sister to the dark ones. Is that is that Sabrina? No. No, I have no idea what that is. It's Willow. Willow? Oh, who says that? Willow says Willow it. Willow says it? I mean, it's Willow from Buffy. Oh, I was thinking the movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, very good. You know what we should do? What? We should Fabulous Friday the Witch from that movie. Is she a witch or a sorceress, or is that the same thing? I would say they're cousins, but I think she's a witch. (laughs) Okay, I'll look her up. I love her. She was badass Mm -hmm. and very vengeful, and oh, yeah, she was crazy, but oh, yeah, we should do Willow one day. I used to watch that a lot when I was younger. So Willow from Buffy said this. Willow from Buffy. Name the scene. Do you remember what happened? It was season four, episode 10, and Willow had just joined like a witch group, I'm going to call it, not even a coven, because she's trying to find more people like her. So Buffy asks her basically, how's the group going? And that's how she answers. They're just a bunch of wannabes. Okay. All <laughs> right. Nice. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to Brunch with the Hollowells. Uh, we are back for episode 13, which actually has the topic of Friday the 13th in its episode. How how amazing is that? Uh, but first, we have uh, one or two things to talk about. First, just a little bit of witchy news. I'm sure some of you may have heard this. Um, some may not. But uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is doing very well. It got uh, greenlit for another season. In the same vein as I believe Sense8 has done this too, they decided in between seasons they're going to release a holiday special episode just for Christmas. So Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is getting a uh, a holiday special on December 14th. And I'm sure we'll definitely be talking about that. Isn't that the same day as Drag Race? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it's that Friday. That's too much gay in one day. I know. That's going to be crazy. Well, they'll release this at midnight, so I'll probably watch that before I go to bed, and then I'll be all set for the evening. There you go. Uh, But yeah, yeah, make sure to set your calendar for that. American Horror Story has also ended. It had its finale. I didn't even know it was 10 episodes. I thought it was going to be more. But I don't watch trailers, so when a next when another episode comes up, I'm just completely surprised with what's going to happen. So I didn't know there was a uh, it was ending. But what do we think now? OK, tell me. Maybe I just didn't notice. Maybe I'm dumb. Wait, wait, wait. Are you spoiling this? No. OK, go. Just the fact that for most of this, this was in the past. I kept being like, why is Michael's hair short now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then why are the witches walking around in the you know outside world? But yeah, I don't know. Did they make it obvious? Did I just miss it? They made it um, obvious. But, you know, with the start of every episode, they don't necessarily remind us that we're in the past. Okay. We just sort of assume because the story just continues to progress. It's just when they jump... Um, to different timelines within the same episode, that is when they let us know. But usually when that episode starts, it doesn't remind us that we're back in the past. Mm. And I get it. There were one or two episodes where they were at the school and they were learning, and I didn't know if they were rescued, you know, given their memories back, taken back to the school. But all of that was before they were erased. Okay. So, 
yeah, it, it got it did get a little confusing for sure. But overall, I really liked this season. I thought it was so strong in its story, the acting. I love that it pulled a little bit from all the other seasons. Mm-hmm. I just, I really liked it. Were you satisfied that it was more Coven than Murder House, or would you have wanted a more balance? No, I was happy with the balance. Um, I don't necessarily love Coven like everybody else does. Neither do I. Coven's yeah. not my favorite. Murder mm-hmm. House is my favorite. I would have loved more drama at the house. I would have loved more Constance. I would have. I thought they were going to do a Freddy versus Jason and continue to go to <laughs> both locations a lot. But yeah, there was a lot of Coven in it, and and I love those women. They were all great. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I read this theory and I thought it was interesting enough to share with you, Rob. Okay. So there's already been a theory that this is all about the different circles of hell, like uh, fear, guilt, yeah, you Dante's know, Inferno, Inferno yeah. But somebody, I guess, shared an extra tidbit to that saying that they have a theory that not only are they the circles of hell but these characters are in hell and they're being punished over and over again for something they did in life through their different characters so that means we're supposed to take a meta um lens to this and we're literally looking at one person go through different lives yeah so like sarah paulson for example that really is her soul will say uh-huh. living all these different lives being punished for something that she did in her actual life. How would it explain her being two different characters? That I haven't figured out. Okay. <laughs> this theory came out before Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I just happened to see it recently. Okay. But I thought that was an interesting That thought, is a though. very interesting thing. If they wanted to do meta, that is one way to look at it. I mean, it would explain why we keep seeing the same people mm-hmm. over and over again. <laughs> but um, yeah, if they explain how there's two people in one, I'm totally fine with that. And goddamn, Sarah Paulson went through it. Right. Uh, I mean, they gave her two heads for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what did she do? I know, because when I went to, I've been to Paley Fest twice, and I got to see them talking about the show, and one of the things they say is they kind of make jokes about when they get the scripts, what they're going to be subjected to in that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of compare. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, again, um, I, I enjoyed Apocalypse. Not many people are loving it. Really? No. I haven't really, I mean, the fact that this is the finale, I haven't really seen good more than bad i've seen a lot of okay. eh, it was okay or you know it obviously lost its thunder in the middle like every season does apparently this lost its thunder even with 10 episodes wow. so i'm still waiting for somebody to like i didn't hear nothing about our surprise guests in the finale nothing online has been talking about that all i've heard was eh, it's lost its touch well, one of our listeners actually messaged me ryan terry okay he said coven's still his favorite but he doesn't know if Apocalypse is a second or third now okay. compared to Murder House. So he really, so he really it. liked it. Okay, and my friend well, at go. work really liked it. Okay. Yeah, your circle's, I guess, more <laughs> positive than mine. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, that's our witchy news for now. Uh, did we get any answers for our question of the week? Oh, let me check. Question. All right, Rob, question of the week is what is your best practice when someone you are not into hits on you? Okay, so I actually have a uh, answer on Instagram. Uh, Tobias Burning, make out with them, but then tell them you're not single. 
<laughs> that was his. He's very interesting with his answers. He's gone back and answered some previous ones, and yeah, he's kind of funny. So thank you, Tobias, for that. And we have Aleani here. She says, "I've been with my hubs for 22 years now. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a minute. But when I was young and single, I'd tell them I was already involved with someone." Even if I wasn't. <laughs> That's two for your not single. Okay, um, Ryan L. Terry, uh, can't say I have that problem, but if anyone was crazy enough and with a lack of other options hit on me and I wasn't into them, I imagine I would at least go out once so I could say that I wasn't feeling that chemistry. Uh, they get a date and I have a uh, demonstrable evidence. So he has the method of don't knock it till you try it, basically. Uh, it's funny that to save face or to um, avoid confrontation, that people would lie to save someone's feelings or to not get into it or whatever. And that seems to be more of a better practice than just being honest and saying that not everybody is made to be a match for everyone. And you can't just honestly say no thanks. You know? Uh, what's your best practice? What do you usually do? Well, Rob, my practice doesn't seem to work well. Because I'm more along the lines with Ryan's answer. Um, I'll at least give it a shot usually. This doesn't happen to me that much. I don't really get hit on in person. But mm -hmm. Um, I'll give it a shot and I, I will be straightforward. And I just said, you know what? I'm not feeling this, but then he wouldn't go away. He kept <laughs> trying. Hey, do you want to be friends? Hey, do you want to this? Hey, do you want to that? And I'm like, I was a nice guy and told him straightforward and it still didn't sink in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, a, a lot of people aren't really used to hearing such honesty, uh, when, when being asked out and, you know, some people would just be like, yeah, give them the benefit of the doubt and give them a try. You never know. But I think if we're used to hearing more of an honest way of turning down somebody, we would have more of a, a tolerance over mm -hmm. it. So put it this way. It's like if somebody were to break up with you and it really breaks your heart, I swear to you, probably down the line, you'll think back and be like, I'm glad that he did it the way that he did it which was be honest with me because if you think about it, the ones where you don't even get closure or it doesn't make sense with it, their reasoning or stuff like that, it can get really confusing mm -hmm. and it can fuck with you mentally when you don't understand what's going on. And then when you look back and think, God, that asshole, he just literally told me like you are just a horrible boyfriend or whatever the case may be. Or, you know, if they're just not into you when they hit on you, like, I'm not attracted to you. But then you'll think about it and you'll appreciate something like that when you're constantly getting ghosted or ignored. And it's just like, well, even though it hurt at the time, that guy was honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I've never had to flat out. Well, no, actually, I will say that I have not. I, I would just say I'm not interested put it that way but it really depends on the context most of this that kind of stuff just happens online and they'll just ask me like hey you know blah blah, blah you're handsome I'm like thank you but you know it's not mutual or whatever and they'll be fine as in person uh oh okay i have something oh this is so bad i can't believe i'm telling the story so it was right at um last call at a club 
And I had a guy approach me and, you know, he was just like, hey, what's up? You're, you know, you crew, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And then I turned to him and, you know, I wasn't attracted to him. And I said, you know, I'm, you know, thank you, but, you know, I'll, I'll pass. I'm not interested. And he immediately was like, oh, yeah, I should point out because race has something to do with this. Of course, uh, he, he was a black man. And I said, you know, sorry, you know, I'm not interested. And I didn't give him any dirty looks or roll my eyes or ill or whatever. It was just, you know, I'm good. And he goes, you like them white boys, huh? Immediately, because I was wow. not interested in him. It was because I'm into white dudes. And he's obviously been burned quite a bit for him to jump to that conclusion. But I got really irritated off that. I didn't even bother with conversation, but it was just, you know, some people just don't have that you know, mentality to take honesty and it sucks so we're stuck with just you know doing the white lies or whatever mm -hmm. and whatever works for everyone you know but yeah yeah well i i get it people don't want to they don't want they don't like the idea that there's something wrong with them or they're unattractive yeah no no i i totally understand that um but anyways let's let's veer off that yep. thank you all you charmies for answering that and we will have another question for you at the end of the episode Right, episode 13, From Fear to Eternity, originally aired on February 10th, 1999, written by Tony Blake and Paul Jackson, directed by Lee Sheldon. Okay, so we open up on a small occult store, and our two sisters, Prue and Phoebe, are looking through the items, and the woman behind the counter, her name is Tangela is very antsy she keeps saying you know can you wrap this up and feed or prue <laughs> every episode rob i know uh prue's like aren't you up until one and right away i'm thinking these girls are like never out late so why are they randomly at the store at you know almost midnight so two things didn't you get a craft vibe from this yeah I yeah, just any kind of a cold shop when they're shopping, I always <laughs> think of crap. But Phoebe and Prue, they can go straight to hell for going to a retail store and waiting until the last minute to buy something. I hate those people. You can all go fuck yourselves. I cannot stand it. I remember working at the uh, video store. This is when video stores were a thing. And these fools would come in five minutes before it's time to close trying to look for a movie. And they didn't even know what they wanted. It it drives me up the wall when people go at the very light. Like, this woman's trying to close. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to go home. And you have no idea how much I have to do after I lock the door. And you want to go into the last minute looking for some gold, I mean, some good luck charm. You know, and I'm that guy where even if it's like they close at nine and it's eight fifty, and especially if it's a food place, I won't do it. I won't do it either. Mm -hmm. It's just I've I've done enough retail to know better. I'm not that hungry. I'm not that thirsty. It's just it's just yeah. funny. Okay, so they're talking to Tangela. Tangela is anxious because she says, "Don't you know what tomorrow is? It's Friday the thirteenth." And Prue and Phoebe are like, so what? Jason only comes out at Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, she says basically on Friday the 13th, there's a convergence of negative energy. 
and especially on this Friday the 13th, because what was it, every thousand years? I think it was, yeah, a thousand or fifteen hundred or something, okay. or three thousand, I heard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she wants to be, like, at home by midnight and just stay there all day. Mm-hmm. The clock strikes midnight, like you said, just as they're finally buying it, so they don't care about Tangela whatsoever. Yeah. And, um... They leave, and as Tangela is closing up the store, a large cloud of smoke covers the area around the store, and we're introduced to Barbus, played by Billy Drago. Yes, Billy Drago. So, Rob, do you recognize him from anything? He What? He's on something? Uh-huh. No. He's in a lot of things. I thought you'd recognize him from something. No. Well, I recognize him mostly from this show. I've been so excited like all day to ask you this. I had I would have warned you if we saw somebody that you would know. I, I That's had no why I asked you that at the store. Should I know anybody? <laughs> I had no idea. Who is he? Um, he's in a lot of horror films, but what I know him most from is the show from the nineties starring Bruce Campbell. Called Briscoe County Junior. Oh, I've never seen that. And Billy Drago is the antagonist. Oh, okay. I no, I had no idea. Yeah, I recognized him right away. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I did not watch that show, but okay. no, good to know. It's a good show. You should watch it. Okay. Okay. All right. So Barbus appears out of the cloud, and this is right after the sisters have left, so they don't even know he's there. And then he gestures at Tangela. And he realizes that her greatest fear is being buried in an earthquake. So the shop begins to shake. Things start to fall everywhere. Uh, Tangela tries to move, but she's paralyzed by fear. She can't do anything. So she falls down, and she has this white hair. She can't move. She almost looked, like, immaculate. Like, her skin was really pale. I was like, did she turn into a doll? (laughs) (laughs) But she's entirely white, and Barbus goes over to the waiting list and swipes his hand over it, removing the specific names off the list, including Phoebe and Prue's names. So oh, I um, didn't mention the list. No, no, it's fine. So, so basically, uh, they are looking for a good luck charm. Phoebe has a job uh, interview that she definitely wants to get and help around the house. She believes that a good luck charm will do such a thing. And as they're buying their item, Tangela offers 10% off mm-hmm. if you put your name on a waiting list or mailing list, excuse me. So Phoebe and Prue sign the mailing list and they get the 10%. And as Barbus waves his hand over the list, I believe it removes the names that are actual witches right. as opposed to the posers. So that's another thing that I thought was so funny about the scene Okay, is Tangela says something along the lines of, I can't believe you didn't know about Friday the 13th. All witches know. And Prue and Phoebe are like, what? How did you know? I'm like, bitch, you're at an occult shop at midnight. Like, (laughs) it doesn't take much. (laughs) Well, um, I mean, there are people who believe they're witches and they practice witchcraft, but to be a witch witch. And who knows what she meant? A witch witch. I know. (laughs) But here's the thing. You can be a witch and not a charmed one. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, so they think you're witches. It's okay. They don't know you're the charmed one. So, I don't know. For me, I wouldn't think that's a big of a deal. But I get what you're saying, though. She Right. Like, if I'm looking around, like, a gay store and somebody's like, hey, you're gay, I'm not going to be surprised that they knew I was gay. You know what's funny? Okay, so before I came out, I obviously still had no idea. 
but I was I was watching gay stuff. There was this movie that was on Showtime called Common Ground, and it had JTT in it, amongst a lot of other <laughs> like other stars. It was an anthology, so it was like three stories all separate, and they had a a gay storyline. And uh, I didn't have a VCR to record it or watch it in my room, so I told my parents to to record it for me. But back in the day, you couldn't watch something else while something's being recorded. You had to watch what was on the TV. So they were forced to watch the movie, and they questioned me so much after that movie. And they were like, are you gay? And I'm like, no, I just want to watch this movie. And I was honestly telling the truth. I had no idea I was. But... I still was drawn to that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, it, they're going to call you out for watching gay shit and they're going to call you out for being in a witch. <laughs> so, okay, this has nothing to do with anything, but you made me think of it. So I'm going to share it. You know, my dad's first introduction to me being gay. When I graduated high school, they got me a desktop computer. So naturally, the first thing I did was look up a bunch of porn. You're horrible. Got a virus. His friend from work <gasps> Stop it. came over to fix my computer. <gasps> I didn't realize the whole concept of history. <laughs> so they went through. Why did they go through the history Oh, over virus? Oh, and, well, I, 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 wait yeah. a minute. I don't know anything. So, yeah. so my excuse to my dad was because I was like, taking an art class at the time. I was looking up the male body to draw for the art class. You could use straight porn for that, too, you fucking liar. <laughs> it was the best I had. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, before we move on, uh, we should also say that Tangela is played by Kimberly Cates. Uh, then we cue the credits, and Sean, are you superstitious? Not really, no. The guy I'm dating right now really is. Every time we walk with a pole between us, He'll run back and walk on the same side of the pole. I um, I really wanted to get you a lot for that because I believe in that too. But really? I just don't say anything because, I don't know, it's not like I'm over it, but it pops in my head now. I used to enforce it a lot, but it just pops in my I always notice it. It's always going to be in front of my face every time it's been done. But yeah, I believe in that too. I thought that was a black thing though. So apparently huh. it's not. Now that I know, I've only heard my side of the family do it. I've never heard anybody else implement that rule. Hmm. Yeah. But um, I it, I think superstition is fun to think about. But do I have, ne like, actual evidence that, you know... Okay, I will say this. If I'm dating somebody, I won't, I won't write our names as a couple on a piece of paper or anything else. I believe that jinxes it. Hmm. Okay. And I also do not tell people good news until it happens if that makes sense so yeah. if i'm looking forward to something or i'm gonna go here or something i don't say anything until i know i'm actually going to get it or do it because i feel that that also jinx it yeah that's true i used to do that a lot i used to talk up like i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get that and, and then, then yeah yeah and everybody's like where is it all right so then we go um to phoebe who talks to a piper and and this is at the hollowell manor uh, and notes that Prue never says I love you. Uh, Piper is planning a superstition-themed fundraiser at Quake. And she's going through all of these boxes looking for old uh, charms and stuff like that. Uh, Piper is adhering to a lot of superstitions, but Prue is typically skeptical. Uh, Prue talks about a, a dream that she had 
uh, about their deceased mother. It actually made her very happy. But um, she said that uh, her mom was in it and reached out to her and took her to a beautiful place. Uh, so they talk a little bit more, and again, um, we find out that Piper is just way too into this superstitious stuff. Uh, she's very paranoid, especially over the negative ones, like, you know, black cats and running under ladders and stuff like that. So Andy shows up as Piper and Phoebe are heading out of the house. Andy points out uh, that the death of Tangela and other uh, two other women who died just like her which basically was um, being scared to death with what she had like white hair too when she was found. That's right. Um, Prue had been Tangela's last customer. And so Andy obviously went over there to find out if she, if he noticed anything, if she noticed anything suspicious. Uh, the three victims were all single young women and also involved in the occult. So he believes that all these three women were, were scared to death. And then after he leaves, uh, Prue consults the Book of Shadows and finds a page on the Demon of Fear. The page is in her mother's handwriting. Prue is very surprised by this. She hadn't noticed it before. And then uh, it talks about, you know, the Demon of Fear. Uh, Prue then goes to meet uh, Piper at Quake and tells her what she found. Barbus must kill 13 single female witches to free himself. And can only do this on one Friday the 13th every 1,300 years. There we go. <laughs> so it was right in the middle of our yeah, guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then um, he kills by exploiting a witch's greatest fear. So um, do you happen to have any lucky charms as Piper does um, in the episode? Is there any kind of like item that gives you good luck or feels that it comes with good energy or anything like that um i wouldn't say i have a luck charm but i do have things that i feel i draw energy from a few years ago rachel bought me a i don't know what you'd call it you've probably seen them they're like little knit dolls okay. they sell them and each one each different one has like a characteristic so she got me the creative one and it looks like a voodoo doll that's supposed to give you creative energy. Okay. But also my boss's girlfriend at work um, is really into rocks as means of giving energy. And she gave me one too about to boost creativity. Okay. I think it's obsidian. I keep it on the nightstand next to me. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything like that. I mean, sometimes I'll keep a momentum of something just as far as memory, but as far as good luck. No, I did have a rabbit's foot when I was younger, though. So did Just I. as a keychain. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. um, Prue also points out that uh, Friday the 13th isn't really a negative day. It's basically the negative energy that people give the day that makes things bad. What team are you on? Do you believe that Friday the 13th, the day is bad or just what we give it? No, I completely agree with Prue because little bad things happen every day but if you focus on it and say it's happening because of something because i'm the opposite i feel like i get good luck from friday the 13th so okay. i focus on all the good that mm -hmm. it brings me throughout the day so what about like stuff like retrograde and you know the the different moons and the phases and all the zodiac stuff how it all aligns and it just brings out all of this 
stuff. You probably didn't even know about that. <laughs> I have a coworker who is so into this stuff. And like anytime something bad happens, they just yell out retrograde. <laughs> I don't know. The one is retrograde where like it's going to be a full moon and people start acting crazy. Something like that. I mean, just the theory of a full moon bringing out all the freaks at night. Or See, that's one that I kind of believe because... There's been days where I'm like, where are all these crazy people coming from? People are like, don't you know, it's a full moon tonight. So I feel like I've noticed that enough to where it's almost become like, hmm, is this really a thing? <laughs> TV always has episodes in their in their shows where they'll focus an episode on the full moon and all this crazy stuff happens around them. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? <laughs> At Quake, uh, Piper and Prue are getting ready for the fundraiser. And as they're setting up, Prue catches Piper checking out Lucas Devane who is played by Steven Wilder. Lucas is also checking out Piper as well and smiling very obviously. (laughs) Uh, Prue tells Piper about the entry in the book that came from her mom. Oh, oh, sorry, real quick. I just was looking at my notes. Mm -hmm. I was so excited. Did you notice when she opened the book what was on like the first page? Uh, wasn't it? Oh yeah, wasn't it like Jovna or it something? Was Jovna. Yeah, it was Jovna. Yeah, they it's like that's the cheesy villain. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I'm glad you noticed that. So as Prue tells her about the demon of fear, they obviously talk about some of the fears that they are known about, and uh, Prue remembers that Piper is very wary of flying, and that Phoebe is afraid to be stuck in an elevator. And then Piper tells Prue that um, she should stay away from pools because ever since their mom drowned, she's been afraid of drowning herself. Um, Another attempt. Oh, yeah, that's right. Throughout the episode, they have been testing Prue to get her to say I love you. And so uh, I think Piper said it first and then she goes, yep, and then (laughs) walks out the door. And then this time... Uh, she yells, I love you, and it fails once again, and she just goes, yeah, mm-hmm. and just waves and kind of walks out. So obviously it's a thing. Um, then we cut to Phoebe, who is at an interview at SWA Properties, which is a real estate firm. Easily she lands this job, of course. Privilege. Wow. <laughs> no, she lands the job really quickly, but, I mean, the boss is obviously very shady. Uh, she gets picked to do a receptionist job at the firm. And um, her boss is asking her to cover up a secret. She is having an affair and cheating on her husband. And she tells Phoebe, if my husband calls, you need to cover for me because I will not be here. I will be with my man. And Phoebe takes this job and is just like, okay, fine. I'll just do that. And the guy she's seeing is actually there waiting for her and leaves her immediately after she gets hired. I there, there's so much wrong in this scene. I, I don't even know where to start. But would you take this job? I was going to ask you the same thing, actually. I probably wouldn't. I think that's so weird. Like, I don't know why the boss wouldn't just say, like, I'm going on a business trip. If my husband calls home, I'm on a business trip. Yeah. Instead, she's like, I want to flaunt this piece of dick I'm getting. Oh, if my husband calls, don't let him know I'm getting the dick. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, she, I, I wouldn't say that Phoebe is desperate for a job, but I mean, I, you wonder how often the, like she'll have to cover up for him, you know? You know, in all fairness, I probably would go through the same thing Phoebe did because I'm not one to like 
act immediately. I'd probably try it thinking it was weird, but mm. okay, I got the job. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. And then I'll talk about the rest later. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it looked like a very small business. I don't know if yeah. it was just the two of them working at this property, but it seemed that because there was such a small group of employees, it was easy to get personal and just be like, cover for me. We're all women. Yeah. Let's, you know, so I, I honestly would be very suspicious on any other practice that she has. She could be skipping me out on money or something like she's mm-hmm. obviously a fucking liar. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I would take it. Okay. So we open up our next scene with a witch named Zoe and of course enter Barbus. However, Zoe's been expecting him and she tells him, I'm not afraid of anything. I've been expecting you. So, however, he knows that she can't not be afraid of something. So he um, starts a fire near her foot. So she has no choice but to try to put it out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and she she was afraid of fire, she says, but she's not anymore. But when she goes to put it out, it catches. And she starts freaking out because obviously she's still afraid of it. And that's how Zoe dies. Yeah, a ring uh, of fire is surrounding her, and then her apartment kind of goes up in flames in front of her, and she just gets freaked out and dies on the mm-hmm. on the floor. Again, with white hair, I assume. Yeah, she had white hair. Mm-hmm. And Prue had found Zoe's name on a flyer that Tangela had, so she's rushing to the apartment because she has a feeling that he's going to go after her, but she gets there just a moment too late. She sees the smoke coming up off of Zoe's body. So fearing that she might be suspected of involvement, Prue calls 911 and then heads home. But she doesn't give a name. She's just an anonymous tip. Yeah. So Andy notes that Zoe's the fifth woman to die this way, implying one other besides Tangela. And Daryl has found Prue's name on the doorman's log. Of course. Jesus, Prue. Jesus, I, I, she, <laughs> like, don't ever commit a crime because you just leave breadcrumbs everywhere yep. you go. <laughs> she should start writing her name on the wall. <laughs> Prue was here. <laughs> I know. God, I mean, yeah. So we go to Quake, where the sisters are having dinner, and Prue talks about what she saw at Zoe's apartment, and she spills salt on the table, and Piper loses it. She's trying to discourage Piper from, um, okay, so Prue spills salt on the table, and um, Piper starts going crazy about it, so that's a bad omen, Um, oh no, and Prue's trying to discourage her from relying on superstition, and then Phoebe, oh, we didn't even mention how Phoebe keeps seeing this guy in Quake, Uh, Lucas, right? Yeah. Okay. You're You're talking about Piper. I thought it was Phoebe. No, Piper. Okay, Piper. Yeah. Okay, Phoebe finds a ladybug on a leaf and notes something Grams once told her, that a ladybug can lead you to your ideal mate. So (laughs) the ladybug starts flying away, and it lands on a young man at a nearby table. Lucas. Lucas. So after Prue leaves not saying I love you again and Phoebe leaves going to back to work, Lucas comes over and asks Piper out. 
Piper agrees to the date when the ladybug lands on his shoulder again. Well, she agrees to the date because it lands on his shoulder. Yes, yeah, she was going to reject. Yeah, and she was going to say no because it's bad omen to start dating someone on Friday the 13th. That's right. But the ladybug changed her mind. That's right. So one thing about Zoe's murder, um, when the fire started and she tries to put it out with her bare foot, please tell me how do you put out a fire with your bare feet? Yeah, that was a little ridiculous. I, I was like, that is the last thing I'm going to do. I'm going to run or do something. I just thought it was hilarious. She was totally barefooted and she tried to put it out with her feet and was like, why isn't it going out? Phoebe, back at her job, is very conflicted about lying to her um, boss's husband. Uh, she flips the good luck charm that she bought from the store, which is a coin, and it lands um, standing on its side. So right on, like, yeah, on the side. So it isn't laying on heads or tails. So she has no idea what to do. She grabs the coin and spills a water bottle over the desk. As she catches the water and um, pulls up the bottle, she gets a vision. Uh, Her vision of uh, Prue drowning in the shower. So she calls the house, but Prue doesn't answer. She can't hear the phone. I think she's already in the shower to begin with. Prue, uh, then as she's taking a shower, Barbus appears and is in the bathroom and doesn't say anything like a fucking creeper. And then uh, the shower starts to fill with water just as Prue notices him in the bathroom. So that image from Prue's point of view, seeing a stranger in her home while she's in the shower, that was some very creepy shit. Like she backs up. She doesn't immediately use her powers, but like there's just a stranger in her home. And then Barbus is like, I see that you're afraid of drowning. Thank you so much for making this so easy for me. And so she can't open the shower door and uh, the shower starts filling up with water. Her powers don't work either because of her fear. So she can't use her telekinesis to stop him or from the water from filling up. Andy and Daryl, who are approaching the manor, Um, hear her screaming from outside so they break down the door they run upstairs to see that uh the shower water has has gone down it's it's gone barbus takes off and prue is just sitting in the shower shivering not knowing what's going on they ask her you know why were you screaming she was like i got something in my eyes yeah so in her eyes <laughs> yeah that you scream that loud really you can't come up with anything better she's scared she's in shock she didn't know what to say hey it's better than your um painting male dudes line <laughs> hers was a little bit more believable than that <laughs> andy thinks that prue might be um the next victim uh so they're really don't believe her and they start to get into this argument actually as um you know what are you implying why am i lying you know well you're involved and you're around all the time when this shit happens like why are you at zoe's place and blah 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 and so daryl convinces andy to just let it go and leave but they're at it again and he just doesn't understand why she's always involved uh we then go back to phoebe Uh, who runs into the house and notices um, that after Andy and Daryl leave, she was like, I saw your, the vision and I know I, that you were going to drown. So I rushed over and she noticed that part of Prue's hair has turned white. Obviously the job wasn't finished, but he almost got her. 
So here's my X-Men tie-in. Mm-hmm. She looked like Rogue. <laughs> she looked like Nancy Thompson. Okay. That's what happened too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Prue and Phoebe consult the Book of Shadows once again. Prue notices that the attic smells like sandalwood. It's a scent that her um that their mother had worn. And also finds a new line under Barbara's page. Uh, the new line says, To let go of your fear, trust in the greatest of all powers. They don't really know exactly what that means at the moment. But Prue says this line wasn't present before. And that she feels their mother's presence. Uh, Phoebe says, I love you once again. And Prue only says, me too. So then... Phoebe's like why you do this all the time they find she finally gets honest and was like you don't say it anymore and then it turns out that I love you was the last thing that Prue said to her mother before she died so she just doesn't like to say it anymore period oh yeah I love that Prue has time to insult Andy while they're arguing because you're like what would you do if you were in my shoes and you saw all of this and Prue's like no one in their right mind should be in your shoes. <laughs> and she was basically hating on a pair of Converse that he wears for good luck. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was hilarious. I like that line. She was very quick with her wit. Back at Quake, Piper's not having a good time. She's having a run of bad luck. She's in the kitchen. She tries to cast a spell, but um, she's burning a stick of sage. But as it's burning, it sets off the smoke alarm. And she ends up scalding her hand when she attempts to put out the sage stick. So, not a good time for her. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Phoebe's back at work and the boss's husband shows up. And he basically asks, hey, where's my wife? And Phoebe, not knowing what to say because she can't decide if she wants to lie or if she wants to be like, your wife is a slut and she's out cheating on you finally decides to say nothing, basically. She won't lie, but she won't tell him the truth. She just says, I can't do this. I can't do this job. This isn't me, and gets up and leaves. Mm-hmm. So I think she kind of said enough to him without saying enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he realizes it, right? He's just like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. He knew about the affair, but he had been in denial. So by her doing that, it confirmed it for him. Yeah. So hubby leaves now knowing the truth and then a client calls wanting to bring Phoebe out to a large estate. So Phoebe goes only to find that the client is in fact Barbus. So there's a pool in the backyard of this house and Phoebe's greatest fear is losing a sister, not elevators as she thought and Barbus knows this. So he ties her up and he calls Prue using Phoebe's voice to tell her how to find her. Mm -hmm. So Piper is having dinner with Lucas back at Quake, and after a while she thinks Lucas is too good to be true. So she does something a little sketch right here, because he brings up um, that he carries around pictures of his niece and nephew in his pocket, and she's like, this is too much. (laughs) You're "You're too damn perfect. That's so sweet. So she freezes him, and she looks through his wallet to find... Gee willikers, he's telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. So, and then she she's starting to put it back, but he notices her hand, which doesn't really go anywhere, but he unfreezes to see that. Which I thought was weird, because at this point, she's actually able to control her powers a lot yeah. better. I'm surprised that it just unfreezed while she was doing that. Mm-hmm. So, I thought this part was interesting, because she tells him 
basically that she almost didn't go out with him because of a superstition, but then she went out with him because of another superstition. Yeah. And he's basically like, I'm sorry, like, I can't do this. So he's like you. He just says straight up, like, I can't do this. I can't be with someone who just lives their life based on superstitions. You were a really nice girl. I want to go places with you, but bye. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious that the literal woman before Piper also was on superstition. Yeah. Like, I had to deal with the same shit. I didn't know how common it was for women to put that in front of their lives like that, but I just thought it was funny. He was like, oh, I just went through with this with the other girl I was with. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so I actually really liked this next scene. I thought it was... I like it when stories kind of bring everything to a headway and things happen that characters weren't expecting. We go to Prue reaching the estate and basically finding um, Phoebe tied up. And she was lured there because of the pool. So this was a trick and it's going to basically let him kill both of them because she drowns. Phoebe dies from losing a sister. Exactly. So he throws Prue into the pool. As she's drowning, she sees the spirit of her mother in the pool who basically reaches out and tells her that the greatest power named in the book is love. And she takes Prue's hand and um, Prue basically aerials out of the pool. (laughs) (laughs) So her power is now restored and she flings Barbus back and she tells him that she's not afraid of him anymore. And he vanishes into a cloud of red embers. And Prue can once again say, I love you. How sweet. That is very sweet. As Lucas just you know, decided not to really pursue Piper based on this. Uh, Piper is found at home just throwing these charms into the fire. She's completely regrettable about letting superstitions get the best of her. And she feels very horrible about possibly losing the best bachelor in San Francisco. And so she's decided to kind of let all this stuff go. Um, So sorry for you, Piper, but uh, what would be an immediate no to you? Like, you hear something, and you're like, we're not dating anymore. Can't do it. I can't pursue this. Is there anything that's, like, literal, I'm not even going to go there? Yes. Heavy drugs. Okay. Like, I remember um, a friend from work, back when I was in early 20s, um, set me up on a date with this guy, and he was so hot. He was into me. We were having conversations about stuff. And then he took me aside and was basically like, oh, by the way, I have a meth lab. And I was like, what? He admitted that to you? Yeah. He's like, I like you. I want you to know this up front. I have a meth lab. I don't. That want- is kind of sweet, though. <laughs> yeah, it was. But like, I didn't want to mess with that, you know, and it was ugh. he was so cute, Rob. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. I I mean, I have a couple. It used to be smoking, but now I'm kind of like, eh about it we'll see how often you do it but that used to be a definite no for me um the only other thing i would think of is if i find out that you are coming out of a very very long term relationship i probably will say no Mm -hmm. i am over that and i don't care how long you wait to date somebody the very first person that you date after that long term is not going to work. Just not. I am a sole believer of this. For you to go from one long term to another long term, I mean, you've got to be the luckiest person in the world. But 
that's a trial. It is always a trial. If I hear it, I'm out. I can't take that chance. <laughs> so that would probably be a definite no if I found that out. Okay. So as the episode ends, uh, it chimes midnight, and Prue is reading Barbus's page in the Book of Shadows, and she notices that there's new writing, and it says, thank you for letting them into your heart. So that is the end of our episode. And what did you think of our villain Barbus? I thought he was a pretty cool villain. Okay. He's not like the best villain, but he was definitely dangerous. He was scary looking. Um, he almost killed our Prue. Yeah. Uh, so just a few notes from this episode and things that we should take from this. Uh, the title of the episode is a reference to the movie From Here to Eternity. This was a movie in 1953. Are you familiar with that movie? Uh-uh. So I haven't seen it, but it is um, mostly memorable of the scene where the guy and the girl are running from the beach and the girl lays on the ground and then the guy hovers over him, over her, and then they like make out as the water like brushes on. You've never seen this scene before? What was the movie again? From Here to Eternity. No, I haven't. Okay. I believe that's where this scene comes in. I could be wrong, but okay. that's what I remember. Um, another thing is that we uh, find out that Patty, the mom, drowned. We never found out exactly how the mom died. Charmed reboot, we get to see it. We don't get to see it in the original. This is us finally learning a little bit more about the mom and um, the circumstances surrounding her death. Uh, and this causes, you know, Prue's fear of drowning. So that won't be the last time you hear about that. Um, also, uh, Piper doesn't even deal with the demon of fear. Only Phoebe and, Pi and Prue had to deal with the oh, demon. You're right. The whole episode, she's been dealing with her fundraiser. She didn't have to do any kind of supernatural shit this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, this episode got 5.7 million viewers. Uh, I think last week was 5.5. So they've been at a steady pace around now. And they got the full season, you know, greenlit. So yeah, I thought this episode was good. It, it definitely brings up a lot of questions about, you know, fear and stuff like that. So... Now it is time for our hot man meter. Hallelujah. It's raining man. All right, hot man meter. We have three contestants today. First, we have Billy Draco playing Barbus. Does Drake does Billy Draco make your top ten list? He does. I'm gonna put him right above Leo Wyatt. Okay, Rob. No, he doesn't. I was about He's to a say. scary looking man. <laughs> I was like, really? The minute you said Leo, I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, he does not make my top 10 either. Uh, next contestant is our Bachelor of San Francisco, Lucas Devane, played by Steve Wilder. Does he make your top 10 list? Ding, ding. We have a winner. He does. Okay, where are we putting um, Steven? He is going to go just after Daryl Morris, played by Dorian Gregory. Okay, so that means that Lucas Devane is your number nine. Richard Warner is the last contestant, the husband of the cheating wife. Does he go on your top ten list? Nope. He does not. Okay, yeah, he doesn't make mine, even though he's a very sweet guy, but just not top ten material. So that'll do it for our hot man meter. Um, it did change a little bit. It looks like we're similar towards the bottom of the list, but uh, there's still 
12 or 13 more episodes left, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, it also caught my attention that one of our charmies, thankful uh, Sasquatcherella, he actually decided to put up a hot man meter list of his own. He didn't stop at top 10, though. He listed every single dude from episode 1 to episode 12 and posted it on our page and tweeted us okay i caught up to you guys and i'm officially submitting my mid-season rankings bs because i have no life or because i have no life and i'm like nope you have a life this is fun it's amazing and i'm so glad that you did it it it's just so fun that we are actually influencing people to try out this kind of stuff and um, it did inspire me to um, ask everyone else who's listening, if you guys want to participate, you guys should all put together your own hot man meter as well. If you have the time, go in and pick top um, your top 10 of the hottest guys that you've seen so far. And then each week, just keep following along with us and putting them in your own list and fluctuate it however you see fit. By the end of the season, I would love for all of you to send your list to us and then I'll tally up who got the most or, or the better rankings and then I will put together the ultimate hot man meter based on all of you charmies out there. I think this would be really fun and seeing the list that has been posted so far, his list is completely different than, than ours. Is. <laughs> so this could be really interesting just to see who, um, everybody's taste. And yeah, I just think it would be fun. So if you guys are in the mood, just go in, look at, listen, look at all the guys that we've talked about so far and put them in your own list. We'll do this, of course, every week, and then we'll we'll see what we have at the end of episode 22. It'll be a hot man-off. Yeah. <laughs> question. Sean, here is the uh, question of the week that I have for you and for all of you who are listening. The sisters had to deal with fear, and basically it was used to their own demise. If the demon of fear, Barbus, used your greatest fear, what fear would that be? So over time, as I've gotten older, I've developed this kind of fear of not knowing what's underneath water, specifically in oceans. Okay. And what's kind of come out of that is sharks. Okay. I don't like sharks. Okay. Because I don't like the idea of being eaten alive. I think it'd be so painful. Mm -hmm. So those two fears have combined to shark. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, There might be something a little bit more rooted into my answer, but... I don't like total darkness, hmm. but I think it comes from more of just the unknown, not knowing where I'm at. So like if I was blindfolded and put into a location that I didn't know about, I would be really freaked out. I hate not knowing where I'm at or what's not in front of me or what's in front of me. You know, stuff like that really freaks me out. So I would say that would be a great way to turn my hair white. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you everyone for listening to our episode this week. Next episode is uh, episode 14, which I gotta say is a very important episode. <laughs> Something huge happens and it just... Great, now I know. <laughs> but it's called Secrets and Guys. So tune in next week for an all new episode. And um, thank you again for listening to Brunch with the Hollowells. Say goodbye, Sean. Goodbye, Sean. <laughs> <laughs>